Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Bismillah. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yasir li amri wahdu uqtatan min lisani yifqahu qawli. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I want to start off this khutbah with a question. What does it mean to be a Muslim? Is it a person who just does the five pillars? Is it a person who stays in the masjid 24-7? Is it a person who prays? and at the same time is involved in drugs, alcohol, and dating. Are Muslims people who accept part of Islam and leave the other parts to their whims and desires? No. By Allah, a Muslim is a person who takes Islam as a way of life. A Muslim is a person that always remembers Allah, and is a person who thinks whether his next action is halal or haram. We live in a society where the laws and social standards around us are decided by our desires. We see people compromising their deen and falling for the deceptions placed for us. You will find people going through the rituals of Islam and at the same time getting involved in fahisha. We must follow the Quran and Sunnah and make that our guiding light. Not what we see in social media and the society around us. We made a contract with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we said the shahada. أَشْهَدُ أَنَّ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ And it is our duty to fulfill this contract. Let me tell you a story about a sahabi called Rubai. Actually, let me rephrase that. I want to tell you about a past historical event about a man named Rubai. We oftentimes forget that these incidents aren't stories, but rather historical events that we should look back on and learn from. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, بَعْدَ عُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ وَكُلَّنْ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الرُّسْلِ مَا نُثَبِّتُ بِهِ فُؤَادَكَ وَجَاءَكَ فِي هَذِهِ الْحَقُّ وَمَوْعِضَةٌ وَذِكْرًا لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ And each story relate to you from the news of the messengers is that by which we make firm your heart. And there has come to you in this the truth and an instruction and a reminder for the believers. So the story goes as follows. The Persian army was about, to head into ba- or was about to head into battle with the Muslims. And the leader of the Persian army was Rustam. He was the commander-in-chief slash leader. And he, he wanted to send it, he messaged the, uh, the Muslims. He said, send me an envoy or send me a representative of you who will come talk and negotiate with me. So the leader of the Muslim, Sa'ad ibn Waqqas, sent Rubay bin Amir as that envoy. So when Rubay crossed the bridge and he made for the camp of Rustam, when he came over there, he came in a shaggy horse. And he, not, he didn't dress in the most uh, fancy attire. And he had his sword, the normal sword was very long. And he had a spear in his hand. And guess what? He doesn't stop outside of the camp. He takes his horse inside and stops in front of the carpet where Rustam was, and then he gets off. 
What, what does this, all this mean? Why did he come in the, the most fancy attire? Why did he come in the shaggy horse? Why did he not stop in front of the camp, but rather went and stood, stopped in front of the uh, carpet? If I understand what the Persian, Persians held in, that, in this, day, this time and age, the Persians were the superpowers of that world. They were basically the America, the Britain. They were, basically, they were the powers. They, were, they held the most strength during that time. And the Persians saw the Muslim, they saw the Arab as what? They saw them as undignified, uncivilized, just basically dust in the, in, the, uh, in the desert, and they don't really care much about them. They saw them as lower than themselves. And that, before Islam, the uh, Arabs, they would bow down to them. They would treat them with the utmost respect. But Rubai came with a purpose. There's a reason why he stopped his horse, stopped his horse Next to the carpet. To show that me and you are on the same level. There shouldn't be a difference between your royalty and I'm a Muslim. He wanted to show that that age of where Muslims, where Muslims are afraid from that power the Persians held didn't exist. So when he got off his horse and started going towards Rustam, <clears throat> what happened is that his sword, the Arab swords were long, very long back then. So when he would walk, it would tear through the carpet that Rustam had. Which is again, meant to show that I could, care, I could care less if you're a royalty or not. There's a meaning to this. And so the, <clears throat> the Persians wanted Rabi to lay down his arms. Because it was ripping the carpet and it was showing disrespect towards their leader. And Rabi said... I have not come to you to lay down my weapons. You invited me and I have come. If you do not wish me to, wish me to come the way I like, I shall return. He's shown the independence. He's shown what uh, identity of what a Muslim should be. So then Rustam said, let the Muslim come in the way he wished. So Rustam wanted to find out what the mission of the Muslims, why would they want to enter into battle with the Persians? So he asked Rubai, why did you come to Persia? Rubai bin Amr said, Allah Azza wa Jal has sent us to deliver you from worshipping the creation to worshipping the creator of the creation. And to deliver you from the constriction of this world to the vastness of this world and the afterlife. And from the oppression of the religions to the justice of Islam. Allah Azza wa Jal has sent us to save you from worshipping each other. This is a very powerful statement. And we're going to take this step by step. Initially he says, Allah Azawajal has sent us to deliver you from worshipping the creation to worshipping the creator of the creation. What is meant by worshipping the creation to worshipping the creator of the creation? Did it mean that the Persians saw Rustam as a god? They bowed, they bowed to him and thought that he was able to create them and he had all these characteristics of God? No, he didn't think that. And if you ask any Persian, they, would, they wouldn't say Rustam is God. So why did he say from worshipping the creation to worshipping the creator of the creation? There's a hadith where Uday uh, bin Hatim said that he came to the Prophet وسلم, wearing a gold cross around his neck. And the Prophet وسلم, said, Oh Uday, throw away this idol from yourself. And the Prophet وسلم, recites the verse, the Jews and Christians took their rabbis and their monks to be their lords besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And Muhammad Sallallahu goes on and explains, it was not that they worshipped these people, but rather whatever they made permissible for them, they believed to be permissible. And whatever they forbade, they believed to be unlawful. That's what it means to worship the creation. Doesn't mean that you think they're a God, but no, whatever rules, whatever thing they implement on you, you think, it's, you think it's true and you go on with it. You think it's halal. And that's the situation that we're in. If we're pressured by the society around us and tell us, oh yeah, this is, uh, you, can, you should do this, we're pushing you for you to do this, and you know that's not allowed in Islam, but people what? We still tend to go be away from Islam and say, oh, it's fine. Whatever laws are being placed on us, we say it's fine. But isn't this the worshiping the uh, isn't this worshiping the creation, not worshiping the creator of the creation? And the next part of his quote, he says, "And to deliver you from the constriction of this world, to the vastness of this world in the afterlife." What does he mean by constriction of this world? He meant that the Persians. They didn't have a clear perspective of the world. They were narrow-minded. Why? They didn't have a true goal in life. They didn't understand their purpose in life. Why? Because they didn't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They didn't know what to do with their lives. So he's saying that when you become a Muslim, you will see the vastness of the world. You will become open-minded. You will be, have a, find a purpose in your life. And you will have a goal. And then you will be able to have a purpose to do why after this life, what's waiting for me, the afterlife. And then he continues on to say from the oppression of the religions to the justice of Islam. What's the cause of them not seeing the what's the cause of them seeing this world constricted? What's the cause of them worshiping the creation? It's the religion. The, they were fire worshipers. The religion is what let them to see the world like this. And he's saying that when you become Muslim, you will see the you will see the when you you'll find the justice of Islam. SubhanAllah. And at the end, he said, Allah has sent us to save you from worshipping each other. Which is to emphasize the very first part where he said, from worshipping the creation to worshipping the creator of the creation. <clears throat> so after this, Ubay said that he Arubai adds on and said that their mission is to spread Islam. He said, if you accept Islam, we are brothers. And there is peace between us. And if you refuse, we fight you and leave things to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Rustam asks, what do you expect in return? And the way he responds is beautiful. He says, victory if we survive and paradise if we die fighting in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He could have, the Persians don't want to fight the Muslimin. They're saying, I'm saying that. So if uh, Rubai asks for some compensation, if he asks for wealth, if he asked for power, if he asked for anything that he wanted, any luxuries of these worlds, he could have gotten it. But no. He didn't want to compromise in his deen. He knew what his goal in life was. He knew what it meant to what? What it meant to be a Muslim. You live your life with what? The way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to. Islam is a way of life. And he embodied that. And he understood that victory for survive, Islam will spread. And if I die, I go to paradise. MashaAllah. So Rustam said, I should be given time to think. And Rubai said, yeah, we'll, we'll give you three, time, three days. Because that was the tradition of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
At the end of the conversation, Muslim says, are you their chief? Are you the leader of the Muslimin? And Ubay said, no. But the Muslims are like one body, and the lowest is equal to the highest. Think about that. He's saying that if I wasn't the messenger, I wasn't the person who came to you as an envoy, and any other Muslim came, he would have said the same thing. He would have believed the same thing. Why? Because he knew that each, each and every Muslim knew what it meant to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, what it meant to be a Muslim. He knew that there wasn't, it also adds on that there isn't any social status in Islam. He's saying if it was anybody, we're on the same level. Which also hits against Rustam because they lived their whole life. He, Rustam lived his whole life as what? On top of everyone. He is the royal of the royalty. Persians were royalty. He was the royalty of the royalty. And when he tells him that, that sends a shock through him. So then two days go on and each day, Sa'ad ibn Qas sends a different messenger. And guess what? Each messenger, messenger delivered the same message to Rustam. Answered the same way. They embodied, they knew what it meant to be a Muslim. And I want you to give us, give us a little hope, trying to think about this realistically. Let's say we had a full society of people understanding what it meant to be a Muslim. How would that look like? Well, I'm going to give an example from when Umar al-Khattab was the Khalifa. A messenger from Kusra came to... Uh, <clears throat> came to see Umar bin Khattab and he came with a small little uh, battalion, not, not very big, but just for his protection. And he comes in and asks the people, where is the dwelling of uh, Umar bin Khattab, the Khalifa? And people say it's over there, it's that house over there. They go over there and they see that it's not a palace, it's a very average house, which is what very different than one Rustam, what Rustam and the other empires had, where their leader was what? Living in a huge palace. But no, he lived in an ordinary house. They were surprised, but they still kept going. And they went inside the house, and who did they see? They see Umar bin Khattab sleeping on the ground under the shade of a tree. Sleep without any protection. He's not, Umar bin Khattab isn't afraid that someone might come and attack him. Someone might come steal from him. Something might happen. And that, that messenger from Kusra says, you rule justly, you implemented justice, and you put safety, and now you're able to sleep without any worry. This is the kind of the world, this is the kind of society we would have if every person, every Muslim is able to embody what it means to be a Muslim. There wouldn't be fear of being robbed or being uh, hit or being oppressed. That wouldn't come through your mind at all. And also add on, there, was, there wouldn't be social status like this between the leader and the people living in that country. So dear brothers and sisters, Rubai delivered on his promise to Prophet Muhammad wasallam and his oath and covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We must take note that the rules and regulations that we follow and apply in our lives must be based on the Quran and the Sunnah. Nowadays, we don't understand our responsibility and role in life as Muslims. 
Rubai ibn Amr's actions were representative of Islam. And when he asked about what he had come to do and what Islam is, he responded beautifully and full of confidence. You must reach that same level where all our actions are based off Islam and we become proud of our Islamic identity and represent it correctly for the world to see them and learn. Brothers and sisters, we have the opportunity to commit our life to the goal we were created for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I created the jinn and humans for nothing else but that they worship me. We live in times when Islam is misrepresented and misunderstood by many, for and foremost, for and foremost including ourselves. We have to be like the Sahaba and commit our life for the servitude of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to understand our deen and apply it fully in our lives. It is the only way of life Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَيَوْمْ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمْ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَ This day I have perfected for you your religion and have bestowed upon you my bounty in full measure and have been pleased to assign for you Islam as your religion, a way of life. Brothers and sisters, let's understand our deen the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted us to understand it. Go and read the Quran. Understand its meanings and its rules. Read the sunnah of our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And understand it and apply it in, our, in your life, in our lives. And know our role to carry it to the people, Muslims and non-Muslims. Without deviation from his Muhammad sallallahu path. And without compromising. This is the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu He did not compromise. Brothers and sisters, let's look at ourselves. And imagine if you were in a situation similar to Rubai bin Amir, standing firmly for Islam with confidence in front of the powers at that time. Would we be able to do that? Would we be able to do the same thing that Rubai bin Amir did? The reality is that, that's what the, uh, the, 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 sadly, the reality is that, that we won't be able to. That's what we're facing today. The society around us and its complementary powers are constantly what? Pressuring us and making us believe what, what, what Allah has forbidden for us. Believe in what Allah has forbidden for us. And the result of this is what? We're ashamed of our deen and can't represent ourselves correctly with confidence. Each and every one of us must make it our goal to become like Rubai and stand for what a true Muslim is. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events Islamic Guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.